0: Two weeks in, weeks in September weeks. and discovered that what Paul meant by patient is kind is far more involved than what we intend to be when we talk about patient and kind, right? We saw that for Paul and all the writers in the New Testament, patient and kind carry the best sense of loving our enemies without prejudice, enduring even the worst of sufferings and giving selflessly to those who give nothing back. We found that patience and kindness, according to the scripture, are nothing short of
1: the power of God. So I,
0: I think St. Paul must have been very, very terrible. What is terrible is all about the patience innocent times Now, I know it doesn't just read like that. Sometimes they worked on my friend. My disguise. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. affected and perhaps radically different than what we expect what we expected. But remember something back in 2010
1: So will so you take me back hey, and into your mind hey, la, 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 hey,
0: Six, and we go to the Lord's Prayer. We see that the same word is translated as forgive. Allow both to grow together into a harvest, and forgive us our sins as we forgive others. those who sin Same exact word. Okay? So, a good question is why in the parable was this translated into allow and not forgive? That's a good question. Well, first of all, it's not an incorrect translation. Allow is a perfectly acceptable translation of this word. But because I'm a nerdy wordsmith and maybe Dave is too, but probably the rest of us aren't, I'm not going to spend time explaining how that can all happen. But just suffice it to say, this is an accurate translation. It just has to do with the way English words came out of Latin words and there are a few Latin words that did this and that. Goes on. It's really exciting stuff if you're a like me. But suffice to say, this is a good translation. So let's go at this from a different angle. Let's ask this question Are these two words really different? Are allow and forgive really different? Okay? I want you to think about it this way. I'm sure you've heard someone say this to you, or maybe you have said it yourself, maybe you still say it. Something like this. We can't just let people do whatever they want. We can't allow people to sin. As Christians, we need to keep people in line and make sure they know there are severe consequences for their actions. Otherwise, they're gonna just keep on sinning. Surely forgiveness is not allowing a person My to want to want to sin. With that said, if you think it, right? And I get that argument. I understand that argument. Right? But first of all, here is one thing about that argument. As far as this parable goes, this parable is not about God wanting us to sin or not.
1: Fashion that's my heart that's
0: in your
1: If sin was okay, he wouldn't have had to die for it. Let's.
0: grace we are coming up with my arguments, Jesus. Speaks, head, I must die Let's get that one out. about forgiving people seven times. You forgive 70 times seven, which is a euphemism in their language for you always forgive. Okay, that's not 490 times. Is that 70 times seven, 490 probably? All right, that's not what Jesus is saying. 490, and on the 491st, you don't forgive them. No, this is just euphemism for you never don't forgive. So think of, think of this. Here's a question. If you tell someone you are going to forgive them no matter how many times they hurt you, it's not basically the same thing as allowing to hurt you? I mean, let's be honest. Right? Now, I know that's not the point of forgiveness. I know that. I know that. I know that. That's not what I'm arguing for. You've got to stay with me through these two weeks. Otherwise, you'll think I'm off. Come feel the to, forgive us. Is right. to, surrender to okay? But the fact remains some Lord people will always take advantage of That is so against everything we want. not because God wants us to keep sinning, not at all, but because the cross declares that sin is forgiven, past sin, present sin, goes the cross announces that God took the punishment for sin. And nothing is ever
1: going to be your
0: Give us
1: peace in the pain. As long as we are growing.
0: Recognizing that we are as much of a weed as the next guy who needs forgiveness. This is where this starts. And I want you to hear this. This is not some, oh, woe is me and beat up and do penance and whip yourself on the back. And That's not what I'm talking about. But I don't think the majority of us Christians have that as an issue. I think what happens to the majority of us Christians is we think we're so much better than the next guy in the field. And that's why God should rip the weeds out and burn them. So what gets us going on this path to transformation is recognizing that we are as much a weed as the next guy. Not in a bad way. In a good way, God will allow us to grow there. God will forgive us. God has forgiven us. Okay? It's never a good idea, and it starts with this. It's never a good idea to compare sins. That's going to get you on a slippery slope to nowhere and we all do it, oh, my gosh, just everyone does it, right? We don't think of the sins that we might be doing or thinking as anywhere near as bad as those those sins, which is why so many Christians are into politics, which I just, Jesus wasn't into politics. I don't understand it. You can't legislate morality, number one, and number two, all we do is we pick on two or three things. We're all weeds, and this is where it has to start. Listen, yes, maybe that guy that is sleeping with the secretary is hurting a lot more people than the guy that's lusting after his secretary. It's the same thing. Both sins put God on the cross. Yes, maybe those people that right now in our world are trafficking in human flesh, are really, really doing something profoundly evil that's hurting a lot. And maybe me sitting around my kitchen table fretting and worrying about paying bills and worrying about my son and worrying about my friend and worrying about my... Yeah, maybe that's not that evil. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing that put God on the cross. God died for all of it. And he didn't die incrementally. He didn't die a little less for my sins and a little more for those guy's sins. He died for all of this. So I think the first thing we need to do is to allow God to forgive us and really trust that he has And I know everyone sitting here is saying, yeah, but David, I know God's forgiven me. I've I've been there, I've done that. That's why I'm a Christian. But here's a litmus test. If we find ourselves unable to forgive others, then perhaps we have not really entered into the amazingness of God's forgiveness for us. Maybe that's what's happened. Because i think once we enter into the fact that god really had to forgive us and did forgive us then we start to believe in forgiveness a little bit more jerry Stitzer explains the conundrum this way the radical commitment of god toward us is foundational because it puts sin and guilt in its proper perspective not that we should treat sin more lightly but we should view god as being greater than our sin that's huge. We usually do just the opposite. Too often we say to ourselves "If so God only knew what I was really like. Usually right after repeating a sin we have committed a hundred times before. We cannot believe that God is loyal even after we have done such terrible deeds or caressed such ugly thoughts. But God is loyal, for that is what being patient and kind mean. Oh, It's so freeing to know how much God loves us. How many of us have had thoughts that you don't even know where they come from? honestly and then you're just like whoa i hope god didn't know i just had that thought but of course god just knew we had that thought but he just died for that thought he loves us that's why one of the greatest postures we can have as christians is that song approach, my soul the mercy seat just begging for mercy because that shows us we understand that there's nothing we can do to save ourselves we need that mercy. Can you can you honestly imagine going with any other posture when the day comes we're going to meet the creator of this universe? When John, in his dream, in the book of Revelations, met God, he fell on his face. Saint John. And Jesus reached down and picked him up. That's what will happen. We can hope knowing we're gonna get picked up because of him, and that's beautiful, but I would think we're still gonna fall on our face. That's understanding we're all weeds. Why is it so hard? I think it's because we do not remain loyal to those who hurt us. And that's why it's hard to think God remains loyal. But he does, he keeps forgiving us And if we really believe that, I do think it will help us learn to forgive others. I do. So, here's a simple suggestion to help us start moving into a life of being kind and patient and forgiving like God is. We need to stop weeding. We need to stop weeding. We need to let go of the weeds. Miller said it this way. I love this. Forgiveness is taking our hands off the other person's neck. It's a process of uncurling our fingers, of relinquishing your right for vengeance. There will always be weeds among the wheat. We must daily choose to forgive the evil around us. Those of you that have been to our forgiveness service, you know how we come up here with the water and we put our hands in the water and we have, we have the name of someone we struggle to forgive in our hands? That's why we do that because that's what unforgiveness feels like. We got their arms around their neck, ripping them out of the ground. Instead, we put our hands in the water and we let go. We uncurl our fingers. That's, that, that's where I got that ceremony from in line with what, what this uh, Miller said. And I think we can do this because this is the transformation God wants to do in us and this is the transformation God has done in others. A number of times in the past I talked about the Amish response to their daughter's murders many of us I I, I don't think you can forget it the story but remember it was a number of years ago and the man walked into that one-room schoolhouse in Amish country and slaughtered the kids there and everyone knows you know the big story of how the Amish just forgave but there's a part of that story that's often not told but it's central to the Amish response, which is God, patient and kind. And I want to tell it this morning. So the man who did that had, he killed himself after. He, and the man who did that had a family. He left a widow. He left parents. And they had to have a funeral for him, Right. So this is a direct quote from a a newspaper article. Just as the funeral was about to begin, a procession of black buggies and horses came up to the church. Men in dark suits and black hats and ladies in long black dresses and white bonnets walked up to the church and stood alongside the mourning family. The Amish went to the funeral of the man who killed their daughters. Think about that. There is nothing human in that idea. We can't make each other do that. And we can reasonably understand why someone wouldn't do that. But not God. God is patient and kind, and that is patient and kind. Going to that funeral is allowing the weeds to grow up in the field. That is sharing the invitation to receive God's forgiveness. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Might God help all of us to join in that kind of witness?
1: Peace as a lucifer, as a shadow, dancing on the wall. Life swallowed by the pain of yesterday. Left broken by the shame of things that I had done. No freedom from the choices that I had made. one touch you made me clean you made I left my heart to grieve alone.